Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now sit back, please, and enjoy Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. by the Wizard of Weird. This is Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. I am Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever slipped into another dimension and then back out and then realized what happened only after the fact? Kind of like deja vu. Uh, Now, that it might sound eerily familiar to some of you. It is this highly bizarre thing that we sometimes call the Oz factor. And I'm going to give you some examples of this. I'm going to tell you about some experiences that others have had, things that have happened to me, and then maybe some some ideas, some theories about what this experience is and how it applies to our perception of reality. You know, I just got an email from a listener named Chris who lives in Missouri. I want to read some of his email to you. I'm going to paraphrase some of it. And this may sound a bit confusing to you at first because he was confused by what happened to him. Here's what he wrote. I just had an experience that I've never before had in my life. I had just watched an interview with Stan Deo, who was talking about parallel universes. Afterwards, I decided to go on a midnight ride, which I do quite frequently, not being able to sleep at a decent hour sometimes. I decided to take Highway 6 to a little bump in the road called Rock Springs and then take the back roads to Highway M, which would take me to Highway 13 and then home. All right, so he had this route worked out. He goes on to say, everything was fine, or so I thought. I had just gotten onto Highway M from the gravel road I was on, and then things got weird. Although I never actually felt anything, so I didn't suspect anything. I was driving along just fine, at least until I came across a right-hand curve, and I thought to myself, I don't remember there being a curve on this road. I continued on and soon crossed a bridge and thought to myself, I don't remember there being a bridge on this road. And then there was another right-hand curve in the road. Again, I don't remember there being another curve on this road. And after a bit, I looked up at my van's compass and it said north. I was going north. Well, Highway M is straight as an arrow going east to west from the point I got on it until I get to Highway 13, which goes north to south, where I make my turn for the last leg of my journey 
He said, the road eventually turned west, but soon I started seeing houses fairly close together which shouldn't be there. I decided to stop and find out exactly where the hell I was because I was getting a little concerned, as you might imagine. I got my phone out and brought up the Maps app, and the first thing it showed was a little town called Coffee, a small village about 15 miles north of Highway 6. And he says, it showed coffee i looked around i couldn't find anything to indicate i was there there was no little icon showing my position he says finally i looked around and eventually my icon showed up about a half a mile from where i got on to highway m from the gravel road he said he began to think about that stan deo interview and he thought how ironic he said i got my van going and occasionally glanced at my phone. My little icon was not even moving along Highway M as it should have been. Then all of a sudden, after I'd passed some more houses, it showed up, showed me moving again. And he says, after I'd gone by more houses, it showed I was moving on Highway M as I should have been from the start. And then I started noticing things I was used to seeing. Another five miles or so, and I was at the junction of highways M and 13. And that was the end. He said, whoa, what an experience. Now, again, maybe that sounded a little confusing to you. So let me add some clarification. About 15 years ago, I took a road trip with my great friend Casey Fox, a guy I have known practically my entire life. He's an investigator. We met in the first grade. And I had decided to travel from Western North Carolina to Eastern Eastern North Carolina. North Carolina is a long state. And we were going to drive something like, you know, 7 hours or whatever to this little town in a very rural part of the state where according to some early newspaper accounts, some railroad workers had accidentally cracked open a cave and discovered the remains of some giant humanoids. It's one of these stories. They were actually kind of plentiful back in the railroad days. We're talking about the late 1800s in particular. A lot of these stories began to come out. But what what made this, uh, this uh, story so especially interesting to me is that there was at that time an elderly widow who lived there near the site where this discovery supposedly occurred. And her late husband had spent decades as his hobby, going out and hiking the woods and scouring the swamps and collecting fossils and artifacts and things. And he had more or less a workshop there on his property that was full of not only really strange bones and fossils, but artifacts that were way too huge to be wielded by the average sized human. I'm talking about, you know, axe heads and hammers and, uh, you know, tools, things like that, that were just 10 times the size of what any human would use. So we were going there primarily to see her collection. And uh, of course, when I make a road trip to investigate one strange thing, I look and see how many other odd things might be in the area that I can check out as well. So we we went there 
we met her, had a fantastic time, and and frankly, that is a whole story for another podcast. And I promise you one day I'll dig into that. But the point of the story that I'm bringing up right now is that, you know, Casey and I were running around this whole area and we were going to libraries and we were interviewing historians and doing everything we could. And one evening, I can't remember where we decided to go. It was getting kind of late at night. Casey was driving and we got on some road that was so pitch black that um, it was sort of, it was so dark, it was mesmerizing. And in fact, it reminds me, thinking back on it, of a movie set. For example, I've said this before, one of my favorite movies is the silly comedy Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And there are scenes that they shot where Pee-wee is driving down a highway and it looks just like insanely dark all around him because they were on a studio, they were on a set. And this is sort of what it began to feel like, that I wasn't outside anymore in nature, that I was on some kind of a set. And at one point, after I realized that I I was, I don't know, I'd fallen into some kind of zone, I said to, to Casey, you know what, we haven't passed a car or seen anything for about an hour now. And uh, he, he goes, yeah, you're right. We haven't. So we're like, where the heck are we? So uh, I don't know what our cell phone technology was at the time, but I do remember we had no type of cell phone signal or anything like that. I was pulling out maps, trying to figure out where we supposedly were, but the maps were not meshing whatsoever with our experience. And we, we didn't see any landmarks, no houses. I'm telling you nothing. And then all of a sudden, after more than an hour of this, Casey slammed on the brakes. The road ended. Literally, the road just stopped. We got out of the car and where the road had stopped, there was just land in front of us as far as we could see. And we were absolutely just, uh, well, we, we were so confused. We were so disoriented. We said, what the heck has happened here? The, let me tell you, some pretty choice words were coming from our mouths. And we were starting to get a little worried also because we were kind of getting low on gas. So we said, we got we to gotta drive and find some way out. So we get back in the car. We start heading back the other way. We're not seeing anything. We're getting hungrier and hungrier. We're starting to freak out more and more. We're really getting worried. And every, I mean, whenever there was a turn, there was no sign or anything. And these are major roads. I mean, it wasn't like we we're on little dirt roads or cow paths. So we just keep driving and taking turns. We never see anything. Okay, no houses, no light posts, no mailboxes, no nothing. Don't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, up ahead we saw this golden glow and it was just striking standing out against this absolutely you know sort of flat black world that we were <laughs> that we were driving through and so we said well let's go to that light let's go to the light we got closer and closer to the golden light and it began to take shape and form, and it was, it was the golden arches. 
There was a McDonald's there. There was nothing else around this McDonald's. There were no cars in the parking lot. Casey and I pulled up to the drive-through window, and this this at this point, you know, this is probably like two in the morning. There is this beautiful woman at the at the at the window, and she's glowing like some kind of an angel. She has this big bright smile, and it's just the most model McDonald's employee you could ever ask for. And Casey and I go, wow, we're so happy to see you. She had this, you know, again, big, bright smile. And she goes, oh, well, sure. What can we get for you? You know, first off, I said, where are we? So she starts saying a lot of stuff to us that doesn't make any sense. She's, she says, you know, such and such town, you know, such and such. road. No, none of it makes any sense to me or Casey. And, you know, Casey was a boy scout and all that. And he was really good at directions and went camping all the time. Never made any sense to us. And so we were just happy to have some food. We ordered a couple of Big Macs and fries and Coca-Colas. And then we drove off just, you know, just happy to have some food. And let me tell you what, that was the best Big Mac and fries and Coke I've ever had. And no, McDonald's is not a sponsor of this podcast. And I don't even eat that stuff anymore because I, I try to stay healthy. But we drove for about another 30 minutes. And then it was like all of a sudden... We were back. I don't, I don't even remember us transitioning from there to being back. But we, we, we suddenly we saw things that looked like the real modern world again. And we got gas. And I started a- asking everybody I could find, like, what? You know, where is this McDonald's? And how, why does the road end? And everybody looks at us like we're crazy, right? They don't know what we're talking about. Well, guess what? That's not the only time something like that has happened to me. Something perhaps even more bizarre along those lines happened to me at a place famous for strange happenings, Brown Mountain, site of the eerie Brown Mountain lights. When we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you what happened to me there, and then we'll dig into what all this may mean. What is this thing called the Oz factor, where it almost seems like that you're going about your day and then all of a sudden you slip into some other realm and then you slip back. Uh, Listen, be sure, be sure that you follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren. Be sure you go to my website, joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P, joshuapwarren.com. Sign up for my free e-newsletter there. It takes you two seconds. When you do that, you will instantly receive a link to a special free gift that I have for you. I'm going to tell you how you can make some aura glasses to see the other side. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey folks, producer Tom here reminding you to make sure and check out our official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. For many of us, YouTube is our go-to place for audio-visual media, and we here at Coast to Coast are happy to share free hour-long excerpts of Coast to Coast AM with you, our loyal fans and new listeners. Our YouTube channel offers many different Coast to Coast AM hour-long pieces of audio on numerous topics, including ufology, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, strange creatures, prophecies, and much, much more. More. There's even a section that includes our most popular uploads, such as many of the David Pilates shows on people disappearing in national parks. To visit or subscribe, just go to YouTube and type in Coast to Coast AM Official, or you can simply go to the coasttocoastam.com website and click on the YouTube icon at the top. It's the official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. You're going to love this. Just get on over to coasttocoastam.com and start your free listening now. Want to meet like-minded people just like you? Go now to ParanormalDate.com. And now back to iHeartRadio and Strange Things. Welcome back to 
Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio here in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And it's important for you to subscribe to this podcast, follow this podcast, tell everybody you know about this podcast. And you know what? We treat our sponsors very, very well on this podcast. So let us know if you might be interested in advertising something and reaching a lot of people all around the world. Before the break, I was talking about my experience on a bizarre road trip long ago with my buddy Casey Fox seemed like we may have slipped into some type of uh, another dimension and back. It was hard to tell you that story without using some bad language. There was a lot of what the you know what happening on that trip because sometimes when you think about the, the idea of going into another dimension and then coming back, you you think of it as being some kind of bizarre upside down inside out world with aliens running around where you know nothing is as it should be but actually maybe that's not exactly the case maybe there are many many different dimensions that are kind of overlapped and you know they're they're stacked on top of and within each other and they are just slightly ajar from each other they're slightly different uh, if you ever played the old video game Super Mario Brothers, let's see, I think it was, uh, I think it was the second one. I, I'm not, don't, don't uh, quote me on that. I believe it was the second one, but it was one where sometimes your character, and you could pick Mario or Luigi or the princess, would be walking along and there would be a doorway. And if you walked into the doorway, you would find yourself behind the scenes of the game. So you would see the same basic structures, except it was like a shadowy version, like you're backstage. And then back there, you would find items that you wouldn't find out front. So it looked similar, but just not quite the same. You with me on that? So that may be a good way of envisioning what it's like when you just occasionally slip into another dimension, another layer, another level of this reality, and then back. And before I tell you about my Brown Mountain story, I want to mention this real quick. I think it's interesting. When I started this podcast off, I was talking about Chris having this experience in Missouri and how that in his email, he said he was watching an interview with uh, a man talking about parallel universes, and then he had this experience. And so sometimes it makes you think that when you expose yourself to this kind of unusual content, it might even increase the chances of you experiencing something. For example, years ago, I was hosting a show called Speaking of Strange. And uh, at that time, it was a live show, and so we would end pretty late at night, and then sometimes afterward, I would go to a local bar and wind down. You know, the bars would close in North Carolina until they usually closed about two in the morning. 
And long story short, one night I was interviewing my friend Nick Redfern about cryptids, monsters, and we talked about hellhounds and black dogs, these ominous dogs that look very similar to normal black dogs, but they are often bigger. Sometimes they have glowing red eyes. Sometimes they're very destructive. Sometimes they appear to indicate doom and gloom. Sometimes they appear to indicate something protective, something good. I'd interviewed him for like two hours about this subject. And then the show was over. I was like, okay, great show. And so I was in my car driving to go to this bar that was in, in kind of uh, on, on the edge of town next to a river. And one of the uh, people on the show, uh, a great friend of, friend of mine, investigator Shelly Wright, okay? She was always on the program, and you've, um, you probably know Shelly Wright. She was driving behind me as we were heading to this bar. And all of a sudden, as I was approaching this bridge, it was like, what the there was this big hulking black creature in the road in front of me and the only way i can really describe it to you is it looked like a big massive it looked like a cross between like a bulldog and a black bear but it had the face of a bat and it looked at me and its eyes just shined and I don't remember them being red, but they definitely shine like at least that hot white, you know. And I was stunned for a minute, and then I jumped out of the car. And at this point, Shelly, who's behind me, she's like, what is going on? She got out of the car. I'm like, look, look, look. And this thing barreled off the road down into the bushes and disappeared into the shadows under the bridge. And I'm telling you, you know, I've written books about strange creatures. I can't explain what that was. And it wasn't until I got to the bar and just kept going over and over like, man, that was so weird. I can't believe what I just saw. Only then I was like, oh, yeah, we just interviewed Nick Redfern for two hours about this sort of thing. And he said they often appear around bridges and water. Maybe it has something to do with the way the energy flows and these creatures are attracted to that. But this is just another odd little spinoff idea from what Chris was saying that, you know, he heard a guy talking about parallel universes and then boom, next thing you know, he experiences something along those lines. And this is similar to maybe, you know, whatever my conversation was with Nick Redfern taking hold in my mind and making me more apt to have this this experience. So that said, the story that I really want to tell you, though, is about Brown Mountain, North Carolina, in the western part of the state there. And it is famous for the Brown Mountain lights, these multicolored balls of light that float on and around the ridge at night. I could do a whole podcast about the Brown Mountain lights. Someday I will do that. This is actually a good time of year to see them when you go outside and the leaves are off the trees and it's cold and rainy and uncomfortable. So a lot of strange things happen around Brown Mountain. People see ghosts. They see aliens. They're abducted by aliens. They see all kinds of UFOs. There are plenty of weird creature reports, time slips. I mean, it's like a miniature Bermuda Triangle. If you've never looked up the Brown Mountain Lights, uh, go to brownmountainlights.com. That's all spelled out, brownmountainlights.com, and you can read all about it.
So anyway, I spent many years going up to Brown Mountain and getting permits from the National Forest Service so that my team and I could go behind these gates on these service roads and explore the area around Brown Mountain, set up tents, use, you know, we'd sleep for nights in a row with all the scientific gear. And we would run around the mountain and adjacent mountains at night trying to see if we could figure out what was causing these lights. And one of the guys that we had with us was active duty U.S. Army. And this guy was an expert at reading maps and he would bring all the maps every type of map you could imagine and uh he this this was a he was one of those guys who wasn't just in the army he was somebody who loved being in the army you know he he retired he's now retired from the army so this is a guy who loved being that type of military dude you know who took uh, his job very very seriously very detail oriented man and so one night we decided to go walking off down this sort of logging trail that we found to see if it would take us to a certain angle on the mountain. And it looked like it was more or less a straight shot. And there was a fairly large group of us. It, there were, it was all guys. I'd say we may have had 10 people this night. And so we go walking through these woods. This was in the fall. It was really cool and crisp and the leaves were all crackling and everything. And uh, the moon was extremely bright. And so as we're walking through the woods, usually there's some banter going on. And it wasn't until we'd been walking for quite a while that I realized, it just like occurred to me, that everything was absolutely silent. And the next thing you know, I'm just sort of standing there looking around at the forest that's absolutely silent. And then I realized not only is everything silent, but everything is sort of glowing blue. This pale blue, you know, like the moonlight, but a little bit more. There was like a blue edge to everything. And for a second, it seemed like I was standing there all by myself, perfectly quiet in these woods not so much as the crackle of a leaf. And then I start to hear this bubbling. And that's when I look over and there is this beautiful little brook, maybe about, you know, 30 feet from me and a little bridge going over. Here we are again, going back to running water and a little bridge. This, I mean, like scenic little cute bridge in the middle of nowhere, going over this little bubbling brook, everything glowing blue, the trees all around us soaring up into the sky. And I turned around to like, where are the other guys? And I turned around and all the other guys were doing the same thing. We were all just standing there, just zoned out in our own little world. Nobody was looking at me. I was the only one looking at them. They were all just just like staring either up in the sky or down at the brook. And everything was super, absolutely quiet. And so that's when I finally said, where are we? What is that bridge? And then, and then like everybody snapped out of it. 
And uh, we instantly all realized that we didn't know how long we'd kind of been sort of standing there in that state. So now we all start walking. And at this point, you know, you could hear the leaves crackling a little bit again as we walked, but I mean, not, not nearly like it should have been. So we get down to this little, I mean, it looked like this was an old bridge. And I mean, it was the, the water, and it wasn't a very big brook, like a little creek, you know. The water was kind of sparkling with these little blue sparkles as it was running under the bridge. And we, we found that we were kind of like down in a little valley. So at one point, I said to the army guy, what is the, you know, let's take a look at the map. So he gets out the map and we turn on a flashlight and there's nothing on the map. And this is a topographical map to indicate anything about the lay of the land or where we're, where we're at. Like, this is just not fitting. It's not making sense in any way whatsoever. So we start, you know, figuring out, well, should we just turn around and like go back out the same way we came in or what do we do? And then one of the guys goes, look, and we turned and then up uh, in front of us on kind of like the side of, of this valley is a little old cabin, dark cabin, just sitting there quietly nestled into the side of the hill. And so we go, what the, let's go, let's go to this cabin. So we crept up the side of this valley as quietly as we could, because we thought, are we going to get shot? Like, who's in this thing? We got to take a break. When we come back, wait till you hear what was inside this cabin. All right. This is one of those things. One of those things that just doesn't quite. (sighs) You'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean. That's what this show is about. Stuff that sometimes is too strange to fit neatly into the compartment. It's called Strange Things. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I will be right back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey, the Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel is waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can help detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in your way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. And now back to Joshua P. Warren and Strange Things. Listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, the show where the unusual becomes usual. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and I hope that you will go to my website, joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P. Check out the Curiosity Shop. You will find amazing things there that you will not find anywhere else on planet earth i promise you that a lot of it is uh sold out from time to time because we're talking about small private you know handcrafted batches of stuff so if you see something and you like it you better snatch it up because i get a lot of uh, emails from people saying oh please mr warren make just one for me well you know i can't do that all right so here we were creeping up toward this dark cabin on the side of this valley that's sort of glowing blue on this deadly silent night somewhere around Brown Mountain, North Carolina. And 
you know, we were, we were thinking, okay, could there be some old hunter in here who's gonna gonna come out and start just start shooting? I wouldn't blame him if he did. You see a big group of guys like us come, you know, creeping up. But the curiosity was too much. Maybe it was going to kill the cat this night. We didn't know. So we just very, very carefully eased our way up this embankment. And then when we got to the cabin, the cabin didn't really look that old. It definitely looked like, you know, it, it was worn. It had been used. It seen some better days. But it wasn't like some kind of decrepit thing. And so we go peeking into the windows and we didn't see any evidence that anybody was there. You know, there were no boots on the step. There was no, um, you know, none of the typical stuff you might find. Maybe some candles or, uh, you know, evidence of a grill. Nothing like that. And then somebody got bold enough to shine a flashlight inside. And it looked still like it was relatively empty. Except there were some utensils. And so we're thinking, like, should we go inside this thing or not? And then, you know, again, you know how it goes. Somebody said, well, the door is not locked. So next thing you know, we are stepping into the creaky sort of kitchen area of this old cabin. And we walked around and there was nobody in the cabin. So we're like, oh, sigh of relief. We looked over. There were plates strewn around. There were dishes. There were old tin cups. And there were some newspapers and periodicals in the corner and some on a table. And we went over and looked at them. And are you ready? Can you guess what I'm going to tell you next? There was nothing on any one of these periodicals that was dated later than the 1960s nothing some were newspapers some were magazines all of it 1960s or older and let me tell you they looked like they were in pretty great condition and the, the, it just keeps getting weirder and weirder until finally we all just sort of said, you know what, maybe we just need to get out of here. Just something didn't feel right. We all started kind of like getting the heebie-jeebies and kind of freaking out at once. And so we got out of the cabin. We left it just as we'd found it. We kept walking up this valley. We found another old logging road. We trudged on and on and on. We could never figure out what the heck was going on. And then finally, it was like some kind of miracle happened snap the fingers the next thing you know where we see our campsite up ahead and we come back out to our campsite now we have our bearings again our compasses are working properly i forgot to tell you that that the compasses were not not acting the way they should have been acting we were getting different compass readings on multiple compasses like that kind of stuff was happening so we said, well, that we don't know exactly where we were or what, what happened there, but that was definitely strange. Tomorrow, we'll get to the bottom of this. We were really just wiped out, drained, exhausted. We all went to bed. The next day, we got up, had a hearty breakfast. We took out the maps. We still couldn't figure out anything like that on the map. We went out all day long, and we explored as far and as wide as we could the same areas, and we never saw anything anything that looked like that 
And since then, to this day, there has been not one shred of evidence on any map or from anybody I've talked to to indicate that that exists, that that little bridge over that brook next to that cabin exists. What happened there? What was this eerie moment that set in where all of a sudden we, we, I mean, we saw something that seemed to be out of its natural place and time, and then we just slipped out of it? Well, this type of an experience is what one researcher coined years ago, the Oz factor. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about that. This phrase was coined by Jenny Randall's. And it's used by a lot of people who study weird things, but especially people who are into UFOs and they are studying missing time and that kind of thing. So here is one description of it from encyclopedia.com. The Oz factor refers to the experience of being isolated or transported by the real world of everyday life into another environment, which is quite similar to the real world but changed enough to be noticeable and disturbing. Now, that is a great description of it. So I'm going to read that one more time. The Oz factor, coined by Jenny Randalls, refers to the experience of being isolated or transported by the real world of everyday life into another environment, which is quite similar to the real world, but changed enough to be noticeable and disturbing. And the thing is, I wouldn't always say disturbing because I would say sometimes, I mean, it could be disturbing. Sometimes it could just be like confusing and disorienting. And so they go on to say in this encyclopedia.com article, they, they give an example, a folklorist named Peter Rockwitz, it sounds, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, said that he had a similar experience in 1980 while working on his PhD dissertation, which happened to be on UFOs. While working in the library, he had a strange encounter with a man who approached the table at which he worked and engaged him in conversation. As they talked on the subject of his dissertation, the man suddenly shouted, accusingly, Quote, flying saucers are the most important fact of the century and you're not interested, end quote. And then the man left. So Peter there was relieved that the guy left and thought, well, that guy must have been disturbed. But when Peter tried to return to his work, he had a a feeling that all was just not right and he just couldn't stay seated. So he wandered around the library. He noticed that there were no librarians staffing the desks. And no patrons seemed to be in the library. So in a mild panic, he turned to his working space and tried to settle his mind. And an hour later, when he finally left the library, all seemed to have returned to normal. Do you see why people have trouble talking about these kinds of experiences? So let me pose a possible explanation to you. We think of time as a linear thing because that's the way we depict it for the sake of convenience as a model on a calendar. If you look at a calendar, it goes in a straight line from left to right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let's say we envision it as a strip. 
Like you cut that out Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's a strip of paper, isn't it? And we expect it to always flow in a nice, flat, straight line. But what if time, in fact, doesn't conform to that particular model? What if there's just one little twist once in a while or one little bend in that strip of paper? Have you ever heard of what's called a Mobius strip? Now, this is tricky to explain. I'll do my best. You can try this out right now on your own. Take a strip of paper as long as you can get it. And if you take a pen and you put it at the top of that strip of paper and you never remove the tip of the pen from the paper and you draw a line as long as you can, as long as you can from the top to the bottom and until you're done and it goes off the edge of the paper, well, you now look and you've only drawn down one side of the paper. But if you take an identical strip and you just put one twist in it and then tape the ends together so that you have an eight and like an eight shaped figure, okay? An eight shaped figure. And you do the same thing. And now you put the pin on it and you keep drawing that line straight down the strip of paper without ever removing it from the paper. Eventually, you will come back to the place where you started. But now if you detach the ends that you tape together, and lay it back out flat again, you will find that you actually have now drawn down both sides of the paper. You didn't even have to lift the pin. You seamlessly traveled from one side of the paper back to the other side. So in other words, if you were an ant and you were just marching forward foot after foot in a straight line forward, there would come a point when you would switch from one side of that piece of paper to the other side without even possibly realizing it and then eventually switching back again to where you were. So if time, per se, is not a straight line the way we envision it, but sometimes there's just one little twist, then you might be going about your day second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, and you might encounter one of these twists where you slip onto the other side of the Mobius strip, where things are similar because you're on the same strip of paper, but they're just a little different. And you don't even realize what's happened until you switch back to the other side. And it may be at those points when you're transitioning from one side to the other, that everything seems deadly quiet because for that moment of transition, you're neither here nor there. You're not getting full sensory input from either side. You are right there between realms. And that is why everything seems sort of still and strange and disconnected when you are at the moment of transition. So perhaps experiencing the Oz factor may often be the product of you encountering a twist in space-time.
Now, is this something that can just happen at any moment, anywhere, like with deja vu, seemingly with deja vu? Or are there certain places on Earth that seem to act more like portals for this kind of thing, windows for this kind of thing? Well, let's take a look at one of them when we come back from the break. I want to play for you some audio captured using Parasymatics 2.0 of Stonehenge in England. Now, Stonehenge, if you look at it from above, it even looks like a big portal. Okay, it looks like a tunnel, concentric circles leading somewhere else. I want to play this audio for you. You know, I love doing this. And let's see if you get anything from it. That when we come back. And I have another story for you as well. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren at Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I will be right back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 
With age, women and men have issues with fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Dr. Nathan Newman has developed Luminess for amazing results treating these issues with his stem cell-based formula, APT200. Try Luminess today with our postage-paid starter kit for only $19.99, available exclusively at HealthyLooking.com. Join thousands of satisfied customers using Luminess. Learn more at HealthyLooking.com. The Art Bell Vault never disappoints. If you're an insider, classic audio at your fingertips. Go now to coasttocoastam.com for details. You're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now let's get back to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to the final segment of this Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And before I play this audio from Stonehenge, what do you think about that? The Oz Factor. And is it possible that you right now might actually exist simultaneously with a version of yourself in another one of these timelines. I'm talking about some kind of a doppelganger experience. Are there two of you out there having slightly different existences right now? Three of you, four of you, a million of you? I want to tell you this because this is, again, one of those things that you don't talk about it every day, but that's what this show is for. When I was you know, in my late teens, there was this photography shop in the town where I grew up, and I would go there often to get special photographs developed. I used to take pictures with like medium format and large format cameras. I just always loved film and filmmaking. And frequently, I would walk in to this shop, and there was this delightful guy there who would always say, hey, Carrie, welcome back, you know. And I, at first, I wasn't sure what he was saying because, you know, my name is Joshua Warren. But every time I would go in there, he'd say, hey, Carrie, how you doing? And so finally, I mean, I guess I should have said something <laughs> early on, but it was just so awkward. One day I said, you know, uh, my name is Joshua. I think you're confusing me with somebody else. And he just laughs and blows it off. And I said, no, seriously, you know, my name is Joshua. And when he realized that I was not this person named Carrie who had been coming in there getting stuff developed, it, it just astounded the guy. And so you know, after that, he never treated me quite the same. It was like he was a little thrown when I would walk in. A few years after that, I had a friend who was working with me on a new invention it was a fishing invention, you know, like typically going out to catch fish. And one day he called me up and he was cussing and he was angry because he said that he had talked to some company that was interested 
in uh, in getting this invention. And the person at the company claimed that I had called them and started arranging a deal, which was absolutely insanity. That never, ever happened. And he thought that I had done this. It actually ended our friendship. Uh, it, it, it ticked me off so badly. And But, you know, you can't have stuff like that happen and not question your sanity for a minute and say, am I schizophrenic? Like, you know, am I am I doing stuff sometimes that, that I'm not aware of, you know, that I'm doing? Well, thank goodness that was all remedied for me. And I can tell you with 100% assurance, I am not schizophrenic because of another extreme example of this that happened when I started traveling to Puerto Rico you know, I eventually ended up living in Puerto Rico, studying activity in the Bermuda Triangle. When I first went to Puerto Rico, this was a long time ago, um, I realized that they didn't have much at all in the way of souvenirs regarding the chupacabra. And the chupacabra originated in Puerto Rico. And I saw that as a business opportunity. So I had a bunch of T-shirts made with a chupacabra on them. And then I flew to Puerto Rico by myself and I hooked up with a professional guide and he took me in his van. He said, I'm going to drive you to all these places around Puerto Rico where you can go in and pitch your T-shirt. I said, great. So he started driving me to all these places I'd never been to before. And I just I'd flown in the day before. So he drove me to this little gift shop up in the mountains near the El Junque rainforest. And I went inside and everybody who worked there was just, oh, great to see you again. And I was like, okay, I'm not sure what they're talking about because I'd never been there. But I figured, well, if this is an asset for me making a t-shirt deal, fine. So I started talking about, you know, the t-shirts and showing them off and everything. And, um, they kept saying things to indicate like, yeah, we've been thinking about it uh, for, for a few days now. And we, we'd, go, we'd like to go ahead and place an order. And finally, I just started feeling like this is too bizarre. And, and I said, you know, I've, I've never been here before. And, and the people who worked there, it was a family that owned the place. They all they laughed <laughs> like they thought I was joking. And I said, no, no, seriously, I've never I've never been here to this shop. This is the first time ever. And when they realized I was serious, they said, well, you were here three days ago with your Chupacabra t-shirts and we told you we'd think about it. And that's when I got that cold chill that went down my spine. I said, I flew in yesterday. You know, I've been in North Carolina for the past, you know, six months or whatever. I've never been here before. I don't even know where I am. Manuel, my guide, he drove me here today, you know, and Manuel says, yeah, that's right. He came in from the airport yesterday, you know, and I tell you, when I told him that they looked like they'd seen a ghost. So I have proof that sometimes people say, yeah, and I let me tell you, I stand out like a sore thumb in Puerto Rico. I'm a tall guy and I look you know, like Frosty the Snowman. I'm wearing a big broad brimmed hat and I walk in there with an armload of chupacabra t-shirts that i created that i hired an artist to produce for me there's there's no other explanation for this than that some version of myself some ghost of myself from a, a duplicate timeline or whatever came in there and did this pitch days before i know that's hard to believe i know that's freaky but again that's in the bermuda triangle 
It's a place renowned for this. It's like a portal. Brown Mountain, it's like a portal, you know? And so I figured, why not play some audio for you that I extracted using Parasymatics 2.0 and some other techniques to get some audio from a place that a lot of people also believe is a famous portal. I'm talking about Stonehenge in England. You know I like to play audio for you when I can. Now, here are some uh, brief facts about Stonehenge from Wikipedia. It is a prehistoric monument, uh, and it says it consists of a ring of standing stones, each about 13 feet high and 7 feet wide. That's 4 meters high and 2.1 meters wide, around 25 tons. The stones are set within earthworks in the middle of the most dense complex of Neolithic and Bronze Age monuments in England. People have been talking about going there and having these types of Oz uh, experiences, Oz factor experiences for years. It goes on to say Stonehenge was produced by a culture that left no written records. And it says there is little or no direct evidence revealing the construction techniques used by the Stonehenge builders. Proposed functions include an astronomical observatory or a religious site. Uh, one scientist suggested this was a place of healing, similar to Lourdes. Uh, they argue this accounts for the high number of burials in the area and for the evidence of trauma, deformity in some of the graves. On the other hand, another scientist here says that he believes it functioned as part of a ritual passage from life to death to celebrate ancestors and the recently deceased. Again, we're talking about the idea of portals. I don't know. I don't know. So I took Stonehenge. I passed it through my Parasymatics 2.0 system. And you can learn about that if you go to joshuapwarren.com and scroll down to the section on the homepage about Parasymatics and click the yellow link that's got more info. I took an overhead picture of these rings and then I, I played them uh, excuse me, I processed them to get a sound from them using my system. And I haven't revealed all the details of how I do this, but there's a lot of information that's there on the page. So give this a listen. It's about 20 seconds. See if this means anything to you. The sound I got from Stonehenge. Okay, so now I'm going to play that for you one more time. 20 seconds. Close your eyes if you can. Listen to this again. So, look, what does that mean? I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I always hate to play this stuff for you and suggest something to you. 
But maybe you got a feeling from that. Maybe you got a message. What I'm doing is I'm treating a lot of these places like grooves on a record. And I play that record through the Parasymatics 2.0 system. And I'm going to continue playing different famous sites, so to speak, for you on this podcast. And if you're the type of person who likes to play around with audio, feel free to let me know what you come up with, what you extract. I mean, that's why I do all this. And you know, I've got some pretty exciting little special things on the agenda to share with you in the very near future using Parasymatics 2.0 and other methods that I'm going to be working on to perfect that. Sometimes these things just speak to people. They literally hear a message. They literally have some kind of a voice that comes forth. And if that happens to you in particular, I'd love to know about it as well. Um, You know, one of the interesting things about technology we have nowadays is you can take an image of something and you can interpret it through many different levels of perceptive technology and maybe we can come up with a vibration that will mean something special to somebody out there and give us some kind of insight. Hey, here's a uh, quick story for you from Ripley's Believe It or Not Strange Coincidences. Mel Cohen of Gravois Mills, Missouri, lost a gold mezuzah, a religious symbol, while cleaning fish on his dock and found it five months later inside a bass he caught while trolling. Things like that make you wonder about coincidences, right? Well, I believe that, unfortunately, is going to have to do it for this particular edition of the program. Again, this is important. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren and sign up for my free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com. You'll instantly receive a free digital good luck charm emailed to you, and that's not all. You're also going to receive free instructions on how you can make something in minutes at home for next to nothing that will allow you to train your eyes to see the aura and other spiritual and paranormal phenomena. Give it a try. You'll get that instantly when you subscribe to my free e-newsletter there. Check out joshuapwarren.com for free wild videos and pics. See things in the curiosity shop you won't find anywhere else. There's no period after the P in joshuapwarren.com. Well, listen. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please share this podcast with all of your friends. Tell them to join us. I hope you all subscribe. And remember, no matter what happens, adhere to the golden rule. If you do that, if you do that, you'll be amazed at how well things will go in your life. Uh, It's funny to me how that so many of these rules and so many of these problems that we face could all be solved if we just remembered that one condensation, the golden rule. Hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. 